Welcome to From the Archives. Each week we'll be bringing you a profile from the history of the church in Oklahoma, which includes saints and sinners, characters, and scoundrels. My name is George Ragazzi, archivist for the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City, and it will be my privilege to introduce to you some of these personalities and the mark they've left on the local church. Regardless of the various personalities from the curmudgeonly to the joyous, we've been gifted with people of great faith and courage. And it's safe to say, it's never been dull. The bizarre story of Father Adam Morachewski is one of the most intriguing and strange tales in the history of the church in Oklahoma. You have to understand that in 1919, we were in desperate need of clergy, and especially a Polish-speaking priest, to lead a predominantly Polish parish in Hera. Bishop Mearshart was the perfect mark for Adam Morachewski, who had his own motives. Arriving here in 1919, after the war to end all wars, World War I, Father Adam, with papers in hand and recommendations from a seminary in Poland, convinced Bishop Mearshart that he should be ordained for Oklahoma. The bishop took his paperwork at face value, and since Europe was in general disarray, it became increasingly more difficult to verify the paperwork that he obtained. Upon his ordination in 1919, Father Adam was first sent to Bartlesville to be the assistant there. That's what they were called in those days. They weren't called associates. And he became pastor finally in Hera in 1920. His stint there was short-lived because the parish noticed there were strange things going on with funds, as in him pocketing most of them. If you will look and see from the records in that time period, there were many extra collections, and unfortunately, the bank account for the parish was only in his name. The people of Hera reported to Bishop Mearshart these irregularities, and upon examination, he was removed after only six months as pastor. From what we can ascertain, Father Adam fled to New York. It was on a leave of absence. And truly, his whereabouts were not known for approximately three years. He reappeared, though, with the death of Bishop Mearshart in 1924. He forged a letter from the Vicar General of the Diocese, Monsignor de Prater, and his Chancellor, Monsignor McGuire. And in the letter, he told the Holy Father that the best person to be the new bishop of Oklahoma was, you guessed it, Adam Orachevsky. An investigation was launched, as one might suspect, and in the process they found out that the documents from the seminary were actually forged as well. When I was doing the research for this article, I saw the documents. He was very good. Or very bad, depending on your outlook. St. Joseph's Seminary in Plock, Poland, did not exist. In fact, he was not in Poland during World War I, but he was in Michigan, where he was a seminarian, but was expelled twice for many and various sundry reasons. The new bishop, Francis Clement Kelly, in 24, petitioned the Holy See to suspend Father Adam, and with request granted, they sent him to Sacred Heart Abbey to do penance, which was not abnormal in those times when a, when a priest had been involved in misconduct. He was there to try to get his act together. But what we have while he was at Sacred Heart Abbey is that he was a difficult man. He did not like being there. He made life for the monks miserable, and he charged a great deal of things to the diocese while he was there. He showed very little regret for his actions. 
because he had a new and higher grift in mind. Leaving in disgust from Sacred Heart with Bishop Keller refusing to assign him to anything, Father Adam ended up in Kansas City, Missouri, 1927, with a whole new outlook on life. Making the YMCA there his local headquarters, he declared through a press conference that he was Pope Adam II. We're not really sure who Pope Adam I was, but with the intention of raising $100 million for a new Vatican outside Washington, D.C. To prove the claim, he circulated a photo as Pope. When I was doing the original research for this article, I've been wanting to write this for years. Father White, in his Necrology of Priests in Oklahoma, had the story. There was no photograph that I knew of. When I went through his file, I found an article from the Catholic Register of Kansas City that had the very famous picture. I then went online and found, yes, indeed, that same picture was online in a much better quality. So I became very excited and wrote this because the Catholic Register couldn't resist taking pot shots at the absurdity of it all. And I quote, at first glance, Orochewski's picture in papal garments makes him a pretty distinguished looking Pope. With a little closer scrutiny, however, reveals that the chain of his pectoral cross appears to be a piece of curtain cord. His skull cap covers nearly his whole head. His white cassock with cape is noticeably longer on the right side than the left. And best of all, his feet are encased in tennis shoes. Not surprisingly, Pope Adam's pontificate, you can use that term loosely, was short-lived. His delusions of grandeur led him to be declared insane and was consequently institutionalized in 1932. After a year, he was released and deemed cured. The strange story of Adam Orcheski disappeared from our view for a number of years. He resurfaced again during the 1960s in Cleveland, Ohio, and being befriended by a very kind and compassionate priest who sought to bring him back to the church, things began to roll to make that happen. During the time he'd been off the radar, he'd become a very successful landowner. We're not sure exactly where that money came from. He lived the life of a pauper, however, in the attic of one of his properties, revealing that his mental illness was not entirely gone. Refusing to be laicized, he met with the apostolic delegate in Washington before we had a nunciature, and he was the delegate, and it, who removed his suspension out of compassion for him and allowed him to function once again as a priest on a very limited basis. He was not allowed to say mass. And there were many other things he couldn't do, but he could wear clerical garb, which he did, and hopefully not the papal cassock, and he lived retiring in a Catholic nursing home. He left this life reconciled with the church in 1973. Read more about the fascinating history of the Catholic Church in Oklahoma in my column from the archives in the Sooner Catholic newspaper in print or online at SoonerCatholic.org. Thanks for listening.